Welcome to the Mary Jane Experience. Unbiased, unabridged, and most of all, informative. From our mountaintop view here in Colorado, here's how we see the cannabis industry today. Let's look at weed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mary Jane Experience podcast, a full-spectrum look at the cannabis world. We just thought of that buzz phrase yesterday. So I'm going to use it all the goddamn time now. I apologize ahead of time. Anyway, welcome back. It's another episode here. I am Casey Jones alongside the ravishing and intelligent Strawberry Sequoia. Uh, Some hippie, dippy bullshit this week. It's not bullshit. We are so into this. We love it. Um, We spoke with a gentleman about... Uh, meditation and plant medicine effectively right and its effects on the human body he has an incredibly interesting story about jetting overseas living with some monks learning some tai chi and becoming one with the meditation world strawberry sequoia who did you talk to what did you talk about yeah so i interviewed harry sherwood and he's the founder of a company called consciously which helps people in a variety of different ways to become better versions of themselves, meditation being a large one of them. So we talked about his journey. Um, As Casey Jones mentioned, he went to China and lived with monks. He spent a lot of time in ashrams learning to meditate and having pretty intense experiences. And we talked about his ayahuasca experiences I can't remember the number, but he's had a shit ton of them. Um, (laughs) And it was just really interesting. It's something we talk about from time to time here and something that we've we've always wanted to try. But, you know, it's it's intense. It's it's serious. So he walked us through what his experiences have been like. And I thought that was fascinating. So we talked a lot about, you know, the mystical and the magical and the universe and portals to the divine, which is all very fun stuff. But we also got very practical and grounded. Um, We talked about combining cannabis and meditation. And we talked about the overall health benefits just in general for your mind, body, and soul, which I think a lot of people already know about the health benefits of both meditation and cannabis. But combining them is, is super interesting so long as it's done with intention. So, you know, we just go through this whole kind of spiritual world, but with a very, a lens focused on health and wellness. And I think even if you're not into the mystical kind of format, I think there's a lot of practical information here as well. So I loved this. I, we were thinking about taking a podcast pause and I was like, we have to run this episode because you know, Harry, just the way he describes things is so interesting and then so intelligent. So yeah. super excited. We're just going to run this whole episode without any breaks because it's awesome. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, you know, Harry has he, he was very loquacious and he was a great talker. <clears throat> and he's obviously spent yes. a very long time researching and dedicating his life to this. So we just thought it was interesting as hell. We're going to go ahead and play the whole thing through for you right now. So without further ado, here is Miss Strawberry Sequoia talking cannabis and meditation, the mystical, the magical, the wonderful world of psychedelics. Enjoy. But first, as always, we got to put diesel in the van, man. We're not going to be able to do this van trip if we can't afford a little bit of gas money. So this week's episode, speaking 
of medicinal use of plant medicine. Our partner Leafwell is still hard at work getting people their medical cards during these times of quarantine and social distancing. That's right. You can use Leafwell to get your medical marijuana card wherever those are available, whichever state you're in, uh, over telemedicine. You actually don't have to leave the comfort of your own home. You can go ahead and hop on a Zoom call with a doctor. You can talk about your needs and intentions with plant medicine, and you can go ahead and get approved for your medical marijuana card over telemedicine. That is right. Go to leafwell.co, enter in code MJE10 for $10 off your first consultation or your uh, re-upping of your card. I forget what it's called. Renewal. There it is. That's right. MJE10 gets you $10 off your experience at leafwell.co. They have great doctors on staff. We've done some live streams with them. We are going to do more live stuff with them. They're awesome. Check them out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part. Thanks for participating. Go get your med card. MJE10. What's up everyone? Strawberry Sequoia here with the Mary Jane Experience. I am here with Harry Sherwood of, is that right Sherwood or is it? Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's like, is it Sherwood or Sherman of consciously.org. And Harry has a really unique and interesting story on how he got to into meditation and into plant medicine. So thank you so much for being here to share that with us. I am excited to be here, so thank you for having me on. Of course. And this Sunday, which is going to be May 31st, we're actually doing a cannabis-enhanced guided meditation together. So there's a link um, below if you're watching the YouTube for that. That's going to be a good time, and it's free. Super excited. So Harry, let's start by going into your story. How did you get so deep into meditation, and what kind of history do you have that brought you to where you are today? Yeah. So when I was a kid, I just loved everything otherworldly. If it held some aspect of magic or aliens or spirituality, it just, there was something inside of me that just responded to it. Uh, there was some yearning towards it. But when I was a kid, I couldn't put words to that. I just liked watching Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that. So um, but as time went on, you know, I was kind of living a different life. I was jock partier, football player, stuff like that in high school. And while I had my fun, there was a growing sense of suffocation, a growing sense of I'm not I'm not honoring something inside of myself. I, I'm not living the life that and this is once again, I couldn't put words to this, but there was just this, oh, I need to get out. Um so when I was 19, I came across Self-Realization Fellowship. And so if anyone's familiar with the autobiography of a yogi, uh, the, the author of that, Paramahansa Yogananda, came over from India in the 1920s and started a spiritual foundation. And so I, I, I started to get into their meditation techniques and styles, and it was great and wonderful, but it just wasn't enough doing it on my own. I needed to be in an environment where that was the only focus. I was, I, I, I needed to go on a quest. So I did. And I, two years into college, I wound up taking a year off. And I, my first part of my, my quest was I went to China and I studied Tai Chi and Qigong with Shaolin monks. And I spent four months there and it was a very challenging time, a very wonderful time, very different than what I was 
my, my romantic vision of it versus the reality of it was very different. But it was really that first dive in to a different culture, a different spiritual tradition, and uh, a way of interacting with, hey, what lies beyond the physical body and the, beyond the mind? What is this chi, this inner energy source? Uh, and so it's, it, it continued to spark or to um, kindle the flame that was there since I was a kid. So the second part of that, I went to live with yogis uh, in the Self-Realization Fellowship Ashram here in Southern California. I spent six months there in hours of meditation, contemplation, service every day. And it just changed my life, completely changed my life. I, I learned so many things about myself through self-inquiry, about meditation. I started to experience some expanded states of consciousness, altered states of consciousness through meditation that I'd only read about, that I'd only heard about, that I was, you know, I, that were essentially legendary that I, I was hoping they were real. And I started to kind of get a, a glimpse behind the veil, behind the curtain. Uh, and it, it deeply, deeply changed me. Uh, so much so that I wound up transferring to the University of Michigan, got a degree in religious studies and with a lot of psych uh, as well, because that was the closest I could stay to my experience in the ashram. I, wanted, I was so drawn in that I just needed to do whatever I could to stay with that focus. Um, Graduated, worked for a little while, went back to the ashram a second time for another five months because that was, it was the most impactful experience of my life. And I wanted to become a monk. I wanted to stay there. Now, obviously I didn't decide to do that, but uh, it was another, it, in fact, it was so different than my first experience. It was almost as if I was at two different ashrams just because of different people fluctuate going through there. I was in a different place myself. I learned different things and I'm more than happy to get into like the intricacies of my different stays and whatnot, but it was deeply impactful in a different way. Left uh, not too long after that, I met my partner and life partner in business, Melanie McDaniel. And she had a very different way of coming to the spiritual path to the personal development path. She had a lot of trauma in her path. Um, and she, essentially was in therapy for over a decade and different uh, alternate modalities that helped her. And so she taught me what she learned. I taught her what I learned. And then we started helping other people. I started teaching meditation. Uh, before I left, I was a high school football coach. I got back into sports performance coaching uh, and then got into a mastermind where life coaching was the main focus. She was doing emotional release and trauma work with people and then about, I would say in 2016, um, we came across plant medicine and specifically at that time was mushrooms and ayahuasca. And that's when that journey began. And so we were already, you know, I was already six or seven years into a pretty intensive spiritual path, hours of meditation for years on end. Um, and if anyone's experienced ayahuasca ceremony, you're familiar with how expansive it can be and what it can really do to open us up um, and so I you know I wound up over I don't know two or three years sitting in about 15 ceremonies uh, between the two and then took a year off because my last ceremony my last two ceremonies the medicine was saying all right you're done for now what you needed is now you're in integration phase for the next year so took 2019 off, then 2020, um, continued on. I just had a really powerful sit last week 
and I'll dump, jump into that with um, Toad or Bufo as, as it's known. Um, and it was incredible. And all along the way, you know, I continue to study other cultures and ways of life, sit in Vipassana. Uh, last year, we were, we were honored to be able invited to Sundance with the Lakota in South Dakota and just all sorts of different experiences we are, we're drawn to. Uh, and we just keep diving deeper and deeper. So interesting. It sounds like you've lived a few different and unique lives <laughs> in, your, in your day, um, you know, from the travel and, and the meditation. I mean, that's such, it's almost a level of dedication that I, I don't, not sure I've ever had for anything. <laughs> to be able to put all those hours into meditation, which is something I find very challenging. Um, yes, and it's, you know, I, I'm right there with you, honestly. There's, there's definitely been a lot of challenges along the way, a lot of how can I, because it turned into an obligation after a while. You know, it was something that I was deeply passionate about that turned into a, well, I have to do it because I, you know, I want this enlightenment goal at the end. So I've had to learn to, step forward and step back, meditate more, not meditate at all over the years to find my balance that works for me. But it was definitely a process of trial and error. Yeah. I mean, I guess much like anything that you may be dedicated to, whether it's your business or your yoga or exercise practice, it's uh, always going to take different forms depending on where you are in life. <laughs> well said. And, uh, well said. Yeah. So I'm curious, um, you know, about the psychedelic experiences. Obviously, we're very interested in plant medicine here at the Mary Jane Experience. And ayahuasca is definitely something I've always wanted to try, I'm very curious about. And I would say I have a pretty healthy fear as well. Um, can you just kind of guide us through what an ayahuasca experience was like, at least for you? Yeah, and I want to touch on your healthy fear. I think that it's that's very wise because it's I it is kind of becoming a fad a little bit nowadays, which I think is helping people dive deeper than they ever have before potentially, but there's also caution to be very strongly laid in as much as I I I genuinely am in the camp of you need to be an inner explorer by the time you get there meditation, um, inquiry, self-inquiry, uh, having experienced ones that quite aren't as strong like marijuana and cannabis, like uh, mushrooms, to, to slowly and gradually prepare yourself to go deep within or deep without, depending on which way we're talking about it. Um, so I, I definitely agree. I think that that's, there's, a, there's a healthy fear that um, even long-time practitioners typically there's a bit of like nerves that come up before sitting with some because it is so powerful um but an experience all experiences are different uh you know i wouldn't wouldn't say what i if i say something and someone goes has an experience totally different that wouldn't surprise me but typically over the the sits that i've had is, is there's a few stages that uh, i've gone through and the first one is, is you drink the ayahuasca and then you go and you sit and kind of meditate. And it takes maybe 40, 40, 45 minutes to slowly start to come on. And then when it comes on, um, I, I typically get a little woozy. Um, and in that initial period, there's also nausea that can come up. 
And what I've found to be true for me is that, you know, even with uh, psilocybin, ayahuasca and a couple of these really powerful ones they there's a there's a purge aspect it's funny my cat is literally throwing up as i'm saying this oh, no. <laughs> um there's a pur there's a purgative aspect to it and the reason that i've found for me is number one it's a cleansing part where i am if i have been ingesting a lot of foods that aren't healthy for me or a lot of alcohol whatever it is there's a cleansing period that we go through but even more so to the point is that it's a disruptor. It disrupts my internal compass. As humans in the three dimensions, we are oriented for forward, back, up, down, left, right. But what plant medicines have the power of doing is disrupting that and opening us up to a larger, freak, larger array, array of frequencies, higher dimensions, so to say. They bend the fabric of reality and show us what's far beyond what we only see in our three dimensions. And in order for that to occur, there has to be a disruption. We have to step out of our, our, our normal mode of operation. And so that, per, that, that nausea that comes on typically starts that process. And that's when maybe five or 10 minutes after that, the, the hallucinogenic kicks in. Um, and that's really where, you know, with eyes closed, a lot of the, Geometric patterns might start to come up. There are archetypal things that come up within ayahuasca, like um, certain animals that are indigenous to the rainforest, to the Amazon rainforest, which was where most of this comes from, like snakes, um, like jaguars, things like that. And so the, the, the animalistic plants, like they, they all start to weave their way into this, this geometric patterning which is really powerful because it's not like I'm just watching this happen. It's inside of me. I am a part of this, this tapestry that is being woven in every moment. And that's really one of the beauties of these experiences is whatever separation there was is, is blurred. Those lines are blurred. Some sort of merger occurs. Uh, and then from there, it's, it, it can go any direction. Um, I've had journeys where it was bliss, just, just, amazing opening to Aztec gods of pure color that, ex that, that interacted with me via color, like their language was color and it was full of knowledge and wisdom, just seeing this wall of this orangish, yellowish, reddish, I couldn't, and those are the only colors that I, I know to be able to describe that. But there was also this being that was with me all the way into very, very dark dimensions. Uh, the entire dimension itself was fear. And, and uh, I experienced the depths of my own fears. Um, and the fear that is the collective fear of the human race right now. Um, and so ayahuasca isn't necessarily, oh, this is going to be a great time. It's far more along the lines of what is it that I am in need of, physically, mentally, mostly spiritually, uh, it's it's going to see that much more clearly than I do. And it's going to open me up to a larger array of frequencies to show me what I might be missing in this moment. And as that occurs, you're most likely in for some sort of ride. You're most likely in for some sort of, like I said, bending of the fabric of how we perceive life in order to widen our gaze. Um, and that's really what my experiences have been like. And uh, I've, I've had, like I said, the full spectrum of the deepest dark I've ever experienced to some of the most brilliant and wonderful experiences of my life. Interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've experienced multiple different psychedelics, um, LSD and, and psilocybin, and I can definitely draw a lot of connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think even cannabis can, can bring you to some of these places of, you spoke about connection, and I definitely feel like all plant medicines I've ever tried have this break down the wall between you and nature and, and really connect you with it. So I can see ayahuasca just being this like way enhanced version, but obviously without having tried it, I would never really be able to know that. Um, so interesting though. I love hearing that story and, um, and the spiritual aspect of it where there's sort of other beings and, and animals and, and the whole shebang. So I guess I would like to move into just a little more about combining plant medicines, um, cannabis or otherwise, with meditation. Yeah, and it's, there's a few things to be said, I guess, as a, as a baseline for that. And one of them is we live in a new time. We live in a time where that is unprecedented. We've never, at least in our recorded history, had such access to the world. And that comes with a lot of privilege. It comes with the ability to read scripture and wisdom teachings from every corner of the earth. It comes, from with, the, it comes with the ability to travel to a lot of those places that might be open to our experience. Uh, I've been privileged to live with monks on two different continents, to be in Ghana, Indonesia, Africa, or, uh, um, Thailand, all these different places, living in places like that. Um, and so with those two abilities, there's, there's becoming this melting pot of tradition and spirituality that at the same time is actually kind of breaking tradition, right? We're stepping into a new way of doing things because we have the ability to do this versus this is the path, follow it to its end. And, and neither is, in my opinion, is right or wrong. They're just different. There's, a, there's an infinite amount of paths to the top of the mountain that I might call enlightenment. Um, so as I say that, the reason I say that is what you might hear in certain circles is you don't mix medicines, essentially saying, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're sitting with marijuana, sit with marijuana, don't sit with marijuana and mushrooms. They're two literally different energies that open you up to different frequencies and they're going to cross contaminate and not necessarily be as powerful, um, as in, and as intentional. And so in the same breath, some people can say, well, don't mix meditation with something like that. Now, where I found that to be the case is typically like in the ashram, they would say that. And they would basically say, there, there's so much out there. The universe is so expansive and there's so many frequencies that you don't know what you're getting always. Um, so I would say no matter what you do, especially with this, this combination is intention is the very first thing to bring in is, what is my intention? I'm sitting here to connect, like you said it beautifully, connect that, that veil or that disconnect with nature. I'm here to connect with the natural world, with the natural energy of life and the flow of life, one might call the Tao. Um, that's, I'm here to, to really feel that, that natural flow of being um, and to do it in a safe and sincere way. All these intentions start to create this bubble that is going to be a part of my experience. 
And when we do it in a, in a really irresponsible way, it creates an amplification. It creates a very deep connection. Um, so I actually do want to just talk about meditation by itself first for a, a second here. The origin point of meditation, once again, it, we're starting to kind of get away from it a little bit with our current practices. But if we go back to why does it exist in the first place? Essentially, it is to dive deep within self, to dive deep within consciousness beyond matter, beyond even energy, into the depth of being, uh, and to sit in that place and then to become deeply aware of all that that is and that means. And when that happens, we have this ability to disidentify with individual self. My name is Harry. This is where I live. These are all my identities. We can literally start to step back from that into state of being beyond personality. And when we do that, it creates this, this door opener. There's a, um, it's called the Song of Enlightenment, written by a 6th century um, Zen master called uh, Yokodaishi. And he said, the great gate is wide open and no one's obstructing it. Meaning this, this portal to the divine, this portal to a deeper connection. It, there's no gate there. It's open. It's just we become aware of it by sitting deeply into it. So meditation originates in that practice, deeply connecting with self, capital S self. So you take something that's truly profound and then you mix it and bring in an amplifier like something like marijuana, um, where it's, it has its own intelligence. Marijuana itself has its own type of intelligence. It's not necessarily like a human being with a, a, a physical brain. It's a deeper intelligence. It's a, I mean, if we look outside, the plants have their own, they, they run this world essentially. You know, like they are the ecosystem. They're a massive part of the ecosystem. And they have this interaction, this balance intelligently um, within their, their state of being. And so an amplifier like marijuana is bringing in a deep level of intelligence that it helps us connect to that, to itself and to what it is in a larger sense, how it's connected to the universe. So we have this practice of becoming aware of self and then this this intelligence that is deeply connected to its own intelligence of self coming together and creating this merger of experience. And it, it can be, oh, that was fun, or it can be deeply impactful of insights that are coming in showing me. Um, I, marijuana was one of the reasons I wound up going to China. It, it helped me make a really good decision early on in my life even though it was miserable for five hours, I was curled up in a ball, incredibly high, not knowing what I was doing, but it was guiding me and it literally guided me that led me to finding meditation in the first place. And so there's, there's incredible intelligence uh, in its, in its um, built into its structure, its DNA, so to say. Um, so the merger of two, it, it can be truly powerful. It really can. Yeah, I, I've just, I've never heard anybody describe it that way. And it's really fascinating and kind of exciting. You know, when I think about cannabis and meditation, I'm like, okay, well, it helps me focus and, and get a little deeper. Um, but thinking about its intelligence and, and, you know, just the connection to, to nature and to the universe. And, you know, it's, it's such a beautiful way to, to think about it. And I, I love that. It 
makes it sound even more mystical. <laughs> and honestly, that's like I said, like it's the mystical that gets me up. It's the mystical why I show up day after day in my meditation practice. Because like I said, back in the ashram, like I got some glimpses of the mystical and there's no turning back once that becomes the case. And it does, it creates a romantic view of life. And that's why I love like practices like meditation or sitting with something like plant medicine is it allows us to have our heads in the cloud, but our feet on the ground. It grounds us deeply into the present moment. Uh, and while I can have this romantic view, I can also be at peace with walking step by step along that path, which is, you know, comes with its ups and downs. So it allows to have this great mystery, but also be present with where I am and see that, hey, there's actually not much of a difference. There's actually not much of a difference between walking, just having a conversation and then the depths of the universe, the, the, that this conversation in itself holds such beauty and it's just the flow of life unfolding. Yeah. And there really is this deeper love that is birthed from it all connection that is birthed from it all um and the the people and the plants who essentially created meditation and, and that are these plant these master plants um they knew it at least the humans in, in connecting and the plants have guided us to to know a lot of these things in the first place yeah it's very true i mean a lot of people when, when even just trying something like cannabis for the first time really feel opened up um, and like they are all of a sudden guided into a better way of living um, and a more open mind and choosing, because it's all a choice, right? But choosing to see the world as magical, which is fun. Mm. So, yes. so plant medicine and meditation is so healthy you know i mean you're talking about grounding and you're talking about you know it's good for your brain it's good for nature is good for your brain all these all these things so what what about um just sort of overall wellness and and what it does for you know your your health and your mental health um anything on that lots lots, <laughs> lots on that I thought um, so. <laughs> i'll have to organize my thoughts here a bit so there's the typical, I guess, I, I don't want to say typical, but becoming a more common knowledge understanding of the side effects of meditation. So helps reduce stress and anxiety, helps gain clarity and creativity, uh, helps lower blood pressure, can help. And this depends on the type of meditation, of course. Um, and, but as we get more specific into maybe something like uh, heart coherence with the HeartMath Institute, you, know, you really get into some pretty profound uh, benefits of, of this current practice. You know, it helps increase DHEA, uh, helps decrease cortisol production and, and overproduction specifically. Um, it, can, it can do wonders to the stress response in, this, in our bodies. Um, and it's really, so the general idea is it, it's healthy, right? And it, I know it helps my mind and my body. But when we get into the intricacies of meditation alone, there are so many health benefits to it that even if I don't ever connect to the deeper spiritual aspect, just the calming effect that it has 
on you know on my brain and the the heightened production of gray matter that helps with the sensory neurons in both my brain and my heart because our heart has uh neurons as well and and how that you know goes through my central nervous system and yada yada and you can get so deep into the what the what's actually going on here there's a reason why 10 15 years ago when it was slowly becoming a little bit more mainstream that it hasn't died off. It's only become more and more and more mainstream because if there's something real here, there's something really powerful. And then on the it's the same conversation if you if we then jump over to marijuana. You know, it, it psychedelics and, and drugs have been so demonized since the 60s. Uh, and there, that's its own rabbit hole and conversation as to behind why that happened and control and war on consciousness and all of those conversations. But something simple is, is we as a society actually aren't anti-altering um, substances, right? We have caffeine, we have alcohol, we have things that are legal, that have been legal. But they, they uh, activate a very specific type of response in the body, a very go-getter mentality, a very, they essentially support the Western way of life. Um, and marijuana doesn't necessarily do that quite as much. Marijuana is much more, it helps us calm down, helps us slow down a little bit, helps us maybe perceive life through a different lens, broadens our scope a little bit. And of course, that gets into well, what are the benefits of that, like THC versus CBD versus all, you know, all these different individual chemical compounds that come in and wind up helping with things like our pain and our pain receptors, helping with, uh, you know, our sleep, which is, has a cascade effect on our health. The better we sleep, the healthy we are. Pretty much end of story. Of course, there are a lot of factors that go into a lot of different things, um, but sleep's a very big thing and marijuana helps with sleep. And so there's, there's these different aspects of it that we're bringing in more and we're starting to recognize, oh, this actually might be worthwhile. This might be worth legalizing because there are so many benefits to it. And these, the demonization of these plus, you know, the other psychedelics, um, we're starting to loosen our grip on it. We're starting to recognize, hey, wait a minute, there might be more benefits than downturns to this. And maybe in the 60s, um, what we saw was an explosion versus a, slow, a, a, a good evolution. And I think that's where we are. We're seeing an evolution of how we can integrate something like marijuana with health, not just with perception. It's great for perception and how people act and interact but health is becoming a very big part of the conversation now. And we're recognizing there's a reason why it's been medical for a long time. Um, and then get into things like um, mushrooms. And, and there's, a, there's a few that are in clinical trials right now for specifically helping deep depression, for helping PTSD, uh, because of the neurogenesis that it has on our, our neurons in our brain. It literally helps us rewire our brains from trauma messed up to slowly coming back to a, a healthy norm. Um, and that's fairly unmatched with the medicines, um, the drugs, the prescription drugs, the pills that we have nowadays. Um, so the, there, and it gets back to the deep intelligence of these plants. So 
Um, the health benefits are, are endless because they're physical, they're mental, and they're emotional. And that's honestly, I would say if we as a society are crippled uh, in one way more than the rest when it comes to our health, it is actually, I would argue, it's our emotional health as opposed to our maybe our physical or our mental health um, because we're not necessarily taught how to navigate the space of emotion. We're not taught that it's okay to, to have an emotion like anger, sadness, grief. Um, you know, we box these up because they don't fit someone else's um, idea of how we should be interacting in order to be healthy and successful. And so we've, we've a lot of us uh, in our society have repressed and suppressed uh, these natural emotions that wind up wreaking havoc on the rest of our systems. Uh, so it's, you know, I think it's also, it's a way to really get in tune with our emotions, to have cathartic releases, to become, to find peace and maybe the triggers that cause those emotions or at least clarity around them. Um, and then spiritual health as well, which we've already touched on quite a bit. So th th it's, it's an overall, I, I'm, I'm not of the, I, the, opinion that either is a magic pill um it's more of it's a magic lifestyle if you bring this into your daily habits and routine you can create a new baseline for from stress and anxiety all the way over to neutral which is not easy to do at times then then further into maybe like i'm happy 70 plus percent of the time and the rest of the time when i'm not i actually am okay with that i found a center within so that whatever emotional experience I'm having, it's okay. It's not bad. And yeah. so, that you, and I could keep talking and I, and I realize <laughs> I've been talking for a while now, but there's, there's a lot, there's really is a lot. Well, you say it so well. I mean, you bring up sort of intention where, you know, you have to use this right and, and cannabis also as and meditation and, and any of these substances or anything in life in general is not the magic pill. It's the combination. We have, I would say, a lot of followers and listeners that have autoimmune diseases or various illnesses that they find cannabis really helpful to help them, you know, get over their symptoms. And we're often trying to encourage people, include a more plant-based diet, include more exercise and more meditation. And, you know, there's no one thing. It's all the combination of, of tools in your in your toolkit that we build when we find out new ones and <laughs> meditation's a really interesting addition to any toolkit even just like two minutes a day um which brings me to um you know i i don't want to keep you all day but i do want to learn a little bit if you could tell us a little bit about your business about consciously yeah, and you were touching on a couple of things there, and I was going to, that was a perfect lead in, so well done. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were holistic life coaches, and we take the holistic approach. It, it, basically, everything I've been saying, there's, if, we, if someone comes to us saying, hey, I want to lose weight, there's so many questions that come up. What is your nutrition like? What are your, what's your sleep patterns? Um, you know, how are you doing? What's your stress levels? All these different things. Uh, and so we, we, take, we teach meditation plant-based nutrition, as you were saying, uh, we do emotional release sessions. And then I do life coaching, which is, Hey, where do you want to be in two years? And how do we break that down into what is it? What do you do today? What can I do today to build towards that life that I want to manifest and create? And so within that, 
if, if someone comes to me and says, I have a high level of stress and anxiety, but they're eating pizza twice a day, every day, that's playing a role because it's causing inflammation. And inflammation in the brain is actually now being pointed to as one of the culprits for depression because it does mess with how our brain inter uh, interacts and responds and uptakes and all these different things. Um, and then vice versa, you know, if someone's coming to us saying, I just can't stop eating pizza, I wanna lose weight. Well, what's going on? Why can't you stop eating pizza? Oh, I don't know. Okay. And then we dive deeper and over a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, we start to realize that this is a habit pattern that was an avoidance pattern created around 20 years ago when um, their parent left them or whatever it might be. There's a deeper emotional connection going on here that this was just a survival mechanism. It was how they hid or how they avoided feeling that deep pain and fear. Um, so we approach this from every angle. Or is it, I mean, with those four angles, they're not every angle. There's so many angles. Um, and, and so it, it is really a, uh, we do our best to, to meet someone where they are, uh, meet, meet them with what their needs are, and then say, all right, well, what's, what's the next step? And we slowly build a lifestyle which is why we like working with people over extended periods of time because in the beginning, you know, we had a lot of clients where we'd work with them for three months in nutrition, they'd lose weight, they'd look great, they'd feel great. And then six months later, I'd see them and they were, they gained it all back because their motivation was to look good for the summer. It wasn't, I'm trying to create a healthy lifestyle or, or I'm trying to heal this aspect of my life. Um, so we've, we've slowed it down. We allow things to take their time. We let them build up so that it's not overwhelming. So that by the time we go on to the next thing, we implement the next technique, we do the next step. Uh, they, the previous step, it's there. They have the habit, they're doing well with it. Uh, and they're working through it all. And the last aspect of that is no matter how on point you are, no matter how perfect your, you know, your meditations and your nutrition and all these things are, there's still peaks and troughs in life. And we like to work with people long enough to see them in their, their best moments and to see them when they hit the ground and they hit that wall. Um, okay, how do you respond? What was that wall that you hit in the first place? What is your, what this is, because this is typically when people really trip themselves up. How, are they okay with that or not? A lot of people are not okay with that. What is their response to it? How can, you know, what are, how can we get them to be okay with not being okay? Because not being okay is a part of life. Um, but making that not your norm. We don't want that to be your norm, but we want you to be okay when, when, when the snow seasons hit. Because um, they do. They do here and there. Uh, and so, yeah, we do that one-on-one. -on -one, and then we also have a meditation group that meets 7 a.m. Pacific time every day. Uh, and that's a half hour long and we just, we meditate together and it's a good way of staying accountable around that, at least one aspect of a healthy lifestyle. Cause the number one thing I hear from people around meditation is I'd love to meditate. I used to meditate or I kind of meditate here or there. And I say, well, why don't you meditate regularly? I just couldn't get into the habit. And it's true, right? It's difficult to implement a habit. So creating this group is, is really about, hey, there's a group of us every day. We're holding ourselves and each other accountable. 
to a very healthy thing to do. And it's a pre-recorded meditation with background music. So it's, it's not very difficult and you show up, don't even have to show yourself on camera. If you just rolled out of bed, we click play. We, and then we, you know, if people have questions, I'm there afterwards. Otherwise see you tomorrow. Lovely. I can't wait to join one um, by the way. And I can't wait to do our cannabis enhanced meditation as well. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited too. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um, but that's such a lovely method. And, and I appreciate that you're out there helping people in this specific way. Because there's, there's definitely a lot of self help and um, all, all sorts of methods that people have to get better. But I think, in my personal opinion, looking at it from all of the angles that you do is, is really the only way to fully be your best self. Yeah, it's, you know, it's covering as much as you can. Um, and there's the old saying, no one's going to change unless they're ready to. You can't, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Um, and what I find nowadays with a lot of the self-help stuff and the personal development stuff uh, is there's, a, there's an assumption that this is the right thing for everyone. Um, and so what I ask people sometimes, especially coaches, other coaches, is did that person ask to be led to that water? Because sometimes the person's not even asking for it, and yet we're projecting that this is what they need. So that's, we, we try to not do that. And we, that's why we also like using different approaches is like, hey, if this is great for you, beautiful. This is great for you, beautiful. All these can potentially help, but are you open to it? Um, and, when you can, and when you get someone who's ready for the multi-pronged approach, it's transformational. It really is. And, and plant medicine is a part of that. Plant medicine is absolutely one of those aspects that can really be a great thing if the person's ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that too. Of course I love that part, but um, it's, you know, there's definitely a lot of people out there, you know, and everybody has their own opinion on how things should be done, but you know, there's a lot of, not a lot of coaches that are open and accepting and have real true experience with the plant medicines to say, if this helps you in this way, then that's okay. So I think that's a really important aspect as well is just to have somebody that that's has experience. That's not just like, okay, cool. You, smoking weed makes you feel better. Fine. That, um, that knows what they're talking about in a deep way. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for saying that. Yeah. It's, um, it's been a beautiful part of my journey. So it is one of those things that if someone is ready, I'm more than happy to say, let's, let's have that conversation. Cause it's, it's very expansive. Definitely. Well, before we sign off, is, is there anything that I, that I missed that I might not know to ask that you think is important? I mean, I, as you can tell, I'm a talker, so I could talk all day. A million things. <laughs> yeah, there really, there really are. Um, I think we, we had a general, a great, you know, coverage of, of it. I would say that, you know, one kind of another word of caution for plant medicines, especially the stronger ones, um, as much as you can, ceremonial, uh, you know, even if it's mushrooms, uh, the more respect we put into our sits, the more we'll get out of them, the more intention we bring in. And if possible, being facilitated by some sort of, you know, medicine space holder uh, is very, it's a far different experience. It really is. And it can take us to depths that 
we might not otherwise get to. Um, so especially for ayahuasca, make sure that you do your research, you know who you're sitting with, if that's the right place for you. You've gone through, they, if they don't have a lot of questions with, you know, they need to know a lot about you. If there's contraindications with anything else you're taking, just do your research and be as sincere and ceremonial as you can with it. Uh, and it can, and that's where I think the true expansive experiences come out. Very good. And um, do you have any recommendations for people if they wanted to get into, say, a ceremonial ayahuasca, or or is it just different for everybody? You need to find your place. Well, um, it kind of depends on where you live too. If you're willing to go out of country, there's a couple suggestions. If you want to stay in country, if you want to stay in state, those are obviously a little bit more. Um, those are intricate conversations. I'm actually happy to talk to people. My partner that I was saying in business, she, she knows far more than I do um, actually. So I would, you know, if we were to talk, I, I, I would send you to her and she would be able to really guide you in a, in, in a safe way to what might be best for you. Perfect. Well, um, you can be found at consciously.org and I will also place links to your meditation, your daily meditation below in the YouTube. Um, and just thank you so much for doing this with me. That was such a beautiful and informative conversation. I just really enjoyed that. Well, I appreciate you having me on and I, I, I genuinely want to honor you back because these types of conversations and the, the more the more we learn about things like cannabis uh the more i think slowly as as a collective our eyes will open to the power of these things and that's obviously greatly needed right now so thank you for hosting this and for having me on because it's it, it is impactful it really is definitely well so much love and appreciation and um very excited to do some more fun collaborations with cannabis and meditation um, yeah. All right. I'm going to stop recording now. Cool. <laughs> uh, I, I still want to do ayahuasca, but I love the part in the middle when, um, you mentioned that you have a little bit of fears and his initial response was like, yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah. It was like, uh, was like, bringing that healthy fear up. That is a healthy thing. <laughs> <laughs> no. So again, I love, you know, when we talk to people about these, again, off the beaten path, maybe slightly derivating from the norm, not slightly in this case, uh, but very real and honest and people that aren't necessarily evangelizing these ideas, but just explaining them from a place of knowledge. Um, and, explaining how they can be used correctly and incorrectly like not mixing your plant medicine right yeah uh, was a topic in there so like don't take a bunch of you know mushrooms and then smoke a bunch of weed and, and dip a little pcp in there <laughs> you're gonna have a bad day you're gonna <laughs> have a bad time you're not always gonna have a bad time but if you're yeah if you're doing things if i think he he was trying to say that like a ceremonial way is is the best way have a lot of respect for these plant yeah. medicines don't just be like let's get fucked up like exactly that takes it from a plant medicine to a drug yeah and and sometimes that's fine but you know if that's yeah. if you're trying to party like that's a whole nother ball game we like we're not stopping anyone from that <laughs> we don't but, like to do it every day 
But when we're calling it plant medicine, intention and yeah. ceremony and, you know, just having respect for these things. I love that he said cannabis has its own intelligence, mm -hmm. which is just a really interesting way of thinking about it and how, you know, cannabis is, is a part of, you know, it's this magical plant. I mean, you can't really deny that you smoke a plant and it gets you high. It's amazing. Yeah, that's magic. <laughs> yeah, that's some David Blaine can't even do this shit. And I always do feel more connected to nature and, and the universe. So yeah. I, I think it's just fascinating view. And I love the health and wellness aspect, as we talked about, like just taking on your health from every perspective, not just what you eat, not just what you, you know, do exercise wise, you know, everything. So and using these tools to enhance that. So I think it's really cool. Yeah, I think re respecting it like a medicine and, and using it with the intention of it to be medicinal uh, gives you a different experience than just trying to be like, let's go get fucked up, you know. Yeah. And there's, a, again, there's a place for that, but <clears throat> these are plant medicines in and of themselves. So to treat them as such, I think we'll, we'll benefit greater from them if we go ahead and approach it that way. So, yeah. again, awesome conversation. Very, and very cool. Harry's life partner um sounds like she is really really deep into the ceremonial psychedelic world she's actually starting her own church essentially for these ceremonies so we are going to talk to her more about you know how we can find these experiences and how we can do these experiences in safe ways so if you're interested in more information like that definitely reach out we can share what we find out and finally this Sunday, the 31st at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, we are doing a guided meditation with Harry. So yeah. you can come join us. Um, it's a cannabis enhanced, but that's totally optional. You can smoke some weed with us, do this meditation with Harry. And if you have any questions for him afterwards, he will be there with us live. And I think it's going to be really lovely and a lot of fun. So yeah. join us. You can find that information. There'll be links below in any of the form that you're listening to this and you can also join via eventbrite event high and our meetup page which yeah. is cannabis inspired virtual events and if you type that in you'll find it let's <laughs> <laughs> meet up somehow truncating us here <laughs> <It's>, um <clears throat> no so yeah another cool uh virtual event during these times when we can't gather in person so we might as well gather online use those tools and, and have a little community uh time together yeah. so check that out more virtual events time. coming up too we're doing a meet the founder series so every thursday at 3 p.m mountain standard time we're doing a live ask meet the founder of cannabis companies so this week's going to be my bud vase and you can ask dorian anything you'd ever want to know maybe about starting a business or just like what her favorite strain of weed is <laughs> yeah also <laughs> my bud vase is available on the mary jane experience marketplace go ahead to maryjaneexperience.com backslash marketplace I'll we've got a couple plot. of cool deals going going on right now father's day is coming up if you got a can of dad out there and he likes to get a little high why not get him something you know, from a curated marketplace from a couple of cool cats out in Colorado with a podcast. We are giving away a My Bud Vase bong during the Meet the Founder series. So that's another thing for the Meet the Founder series is every single one, the founder is giving away one of their top products. Yeah, which is so, awesome. Yeah, so that will be fun. Might as well show up to get some free shit, right? Um, other <laughs> updates. Uh, this is the last episode in season one of the Mary Jane Experience. Thank you, everybody, for being a part of it. I think this is episode 53 or 54? 53. 53. Yep. Uh, 
we I are, just feel like we have to do 55. I know. <laughs> it's, it's rough. Uh, 53 is fine. But basically, we're going to take a month off. Uh, we're going to prep the Canavan, which if you are a fan of this podcast, you have been hearing about endlessly for about six months now. Uh, we are going to finish the van. We're going to take some time to get all our little duckies in a row, and then come July 1st, we are on the road, baby. On, on the, the road, road again. again. Just can't wait to be on the road Wow. Well, anyway. Okay. Don't quit um, our day jobs, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Willie. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. But season two is going to be uh, the Mary Jane Experience podcast on the road. Yeah. It's going to be so, a little different. Kind of, you know, the same thing, us two interviewing people, but entirely in person and entirely in the canavan, unless people want us to like come into their homes or something. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Uh, and we'll come interview you. So yeah. again, keep reaching out. A lot of people have, have requested for us to come to their town and we really, we can't wait to see you. So if, if you have a really cool story or you know of a small business in your town, we want to tell the stories that people like High Times and Cannabis Now won't tell because nobody's paying them to do it. Yeah. And, you know, that definitely means that we are looking for sponsorship as well. So if you have any ideas there, we would love to you know work with anybody at any level we're you know super flexible so we're a full spectrum media company we can work with anybody on any <laughs> should we give them our pitch um no also we'll let we, you go <laughs> we are uh putting together a magazine so we're going to be distributing that on our trip as well but so if you want to check that out it's going to be on the website uh we're also just going to drop it off pretty much everywhere we stop so if you want a copy of the magazine let us know it's going to be badass the initial renderings of it are looking fantastic and we're using some of what you guys have have given us so in a lot of posts and and things that we've done you've shared how cannabis has changed your life we are pulling quotes from all of that for this magazine so it's gonna be really cool so on that note thank you so much to all the listeners to everybody that engages with us on whatever platform you engage with us on we're on all of them Um, you know that Uh, but no, we really do. We appreciate you. The, the first season of this podcast, all 53 episodes, has been an amazing journey, an amazing experience. I think we're going to take that. We're going to up it when we get into the van, and that's just going to be a whole different show altogether. So with the, it's going to be going so mobile, cool. bitches, and we can't wait to see you. Yeah. So again, thank you very much, everybody. This is the last episode of season one. The Mary Jane Experience Podcast with your host, myself, Casey Jones, alongside Strawberry Sequoia. Uh, Thanks again to Harry for joining us for this last episode, Cannabis Meditation, this Sunday, June 31st. And uh, check out the website. Check out the marketplace. Get get your candidates some shit. Get yourself something. Hashtag treat yourself. (laughs) Um, And yeah, we will see you on the road come July, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And with that... Good night, stoners.